Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Welcome back, Buffalo Bills fans. It's Matt Warren, Editor-in-Chief at BuffaloRumblings.com and the host of Buffalo Rumblings Q&A on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. Um, hi to our YouTube fans, uh, folks on Facebook and anywhere else you may be checking us out right now. Uh, again, my name is Matt Warren. I'm the Editor-in-Chief over at BuffaloRumblings.com and we are doing uh, videos every night this week as the legal tampering, legal tampering period moves into the opening of the 2021 NFL league year. So we're going to be taking your questions tonight. I've got some locked and loaded in the chamber from the Buffalo rumblings comments section uh, over on our Twitter feed at rumblings Q and a that's with the word and spelled out in the middle. Uh, As always in the future, you can call and leave your questions for us at 716-508-0405. Facebook and Instagram messages to the official Buffalo rumblings account will get to me as well, so uh, welcome everyone to our live show here on Tuesday night. The NFL League year officially kicks off on Wednesday, uh, March 17th at 4 p.m. Eastern. Uh, happy St. Patrick's Day to everybody out there. Uh, I'm, of course, Irish, so I'll. that's why we're doing it on Tuesday, not Wednesday. But um, all right, so let's get to some of your questions uh, right off the bat, the Bills did make a few moves uh, today. They agreed to terms with wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders. Um, and what was the other one? Oh, they signed uh, punter Matt Hawk. Uh, it's a weird name to say based on how it's spelled. Uh, but um, maybe that means the end of Corey Bajorquez. Maybe it doesn't. I don't really know. Um, but let's. I told the guys at buffalorumblings.com that I would give them the first question. You can start populating them in the comments section there. Um and then my guy Joe can put them up whenever we get to them. But um, let me pull up the, the ones over at buffalorumblings.com first. While we're doing that, the uh, the tracker at Buffalo Rumblings is constantly updating. It's the one pinned right to the very top of the homepage. We're constantly updating that with the rumors and all the latest information. Um, we'll have all 22 analysis of the new players on the bills, contract breakdowns, injury breakdowns, just all that kind of stuff will be right there and easy to access in one location. Load comments, here we go. All right, um, Buff Berg Adelphia asks us, is it necessarily a bad thing that the Jet, that the Bills were just re-signing their own players early on in free agency? Um, does going into the next season with essentially the same roster and starters make you worry? 
I mean, they were the second best team in the AFC. Um, worried isn't the right answer. Um, I would prefer that they get better, but with the salary cap constraints that they had this year, I don't know how feasible that's necessarily going to be. So far, the moves we've heard about have been largely lateral moves. They uh, moved from John Brown to Emmanuel Sanders. They moved from uh, Corey Bajorquez to Matt Hawk. So those are so far, at least in my opinion, lateral moves. And they did lose Ty Inseki and Andre Roberts. So they're not exactly rolling it back the way that they were uh, last offseason. So maybe they are going to be just as good, but with the salary cap constraints that they had and what they're looking at in the future, I think rolling with the guys that they had is a good first step. Of course, we have the draft coming up. They're going to add some solid veterans here coming up as well. Um, one of the things I did want to know is that the Bills are going to be bringing back um, their entire offensive line from last year, and people keep saying that but none of those five guys played any snaps together. So Deion Dawkins, uh, Cody Ford, uh, Mitch Morse, John Feliciano, and Darrell Williams never played in a game together because Feliciano was out for the first half of the year. And then um, Cody Ford was out for the second half of the year. So, I mean, is it the same offensive line? Kind of, um, but those guys never played together. There, there were the five penciled in starters at one point last off season, but then, um, never quite came to fruition. So um, I'm a little bit worried about depth right now, but again, with you know some of these late roster signings with um, the NFL draft coming up, I do think that there's a possibility that they can get better, even if they don't land a certain big name tight end that I'm sure we will get to in a second. Um, as Kevin Berman, eight uh, question pops up on our screen. Oh, that's a cute picture. That's a nice picture. Uh, what is going on with Zach Ertz? I mean, I keep checking my phone. Nothing's happening right now. Um, he has been granted a request, uh, his request to be able to negotiate his own trade with other teams. So right now, Zach Ertz is on the Philadelphia Eagles. He doesn't want to be anymore. And he's essentially been given permission to go seek a trade. But the Eagles have said that they're not just going to give him away. They want to be able to get good value for him. I don't know how much value they're going to get for him. I think he's due $8 million in 2021, which is still pretty expensive for a guy that appears to be on the downslope of his career. Um, I asked Bruce Nolan, our friend Bruce, um, over at the Bruce exclusive, what uh, his like two sentence um, scouting report was for Ertz. And he essentially said that um, he's a slight upgrade over Tyler Croft at this point, which, you know, it doesn't sound great to me, um, I, I wouldn't be putting all of my eggs in an $8 million basket at tight end personally. Um, I know a lot of people are really excited um, about potentially adding him, but that would be, that would require some serious salary cap gymnastics. And for a guy that I think, um, yeah, he would be an upgrade, but I don't know how massive of an upgrade he would be uh, for these Buffalo bills. So thanks for that question. Um, I did see a Lee Smith question somewhere in here. Where'd that go? Where'd the Lee Smith question go? Oh, it wasn't a question. It was from Sug JJ at 901. Joe, if you want to pop that one up, he's a, it's the traffic for Lee Smith, LOL. Wow. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> first of all, let's just say the Bills traded Lee Smith, to the Atlanta Falcons for a 2022 late round pick. Um, I was expecting Lee Smith to retire just based on his comments with uh, Tim Graham and friends 
Um, yeah, there's Sug coming up with, wasn't he retiring? Yeah, I expected him to retire. He said on a Tennessee radio station, he was contemplating retirement. Usually that's the first in a series of conversations where somebody actually announces that they are retiring. Um, but I guess he's not. Um, he had said that he was going to wait to see if the Bills wanted him back and he really wanted to finish his career in Buffalo. I assume that the Bills talked to him and got his okay to trade him to the Falcons, but I don't know that. Um, it'll be interesting to hear about how that all shakes out coming up. But um, at least Lee Smith is closer to his home in Tennessee. Um, so maybe that plays into it. I don't really know. Um, we'll have to see kind of how that all shakes out with Lee Smith um, in Atlanta. But that trade can't be completed until 4 o'clock tomorrow So or, or later, I guess. And so uh, we'll see how that ends up going with Atlanta. But I'm assuming it's going to be like a seventh-round pick, just kind of like the uh, Russell Bodine pick a few years ago that uh, Brandon Bean was able to get from the New England Patriots. Um, yeah, that was going to be the, the one I was just going to pull up, uh, Joe. So thanks for that one. Uh, John Brown wouldn't take a $1.5 million pickup. We don't know. Uh, we haven't heard yet uh, if the Bills offered John Brown a pay cut or not. Uh, but that was my first thought, too, is that, like, if you're paying Emmanuel Sanders $6 million plus potentially 500000 of incentives, when you would have been paying um, John Brown uh, $7.9 million, it, I, I almost rather have Brown in that case. But, again, we don't know what happened behind the scenes. Maybe he wasn't willing to take a pay cut. Maybe all of this Emmanuel Sanders money, it was like a $1 million signing bonus and $5 million of base salary. And, you know, it's a buy low situation where they can get out of it really easily at the end of training camp um, and not have any hurt feelings if they don't want Emmanuel Sanders on their roster. I don't know. He's been putting up solid wide receiver two numbers for the last several years. Um, you know, the Bills tried to get him twice under Brandon Bean, once in 2019 uh, via trade and once in 2020 um, before they traded for Stefan Diggs. So, Obviously, they like the guy. They like what he can bring to the table. The Bills love bringing in those solid vets, too, to kind of train up the young guys. So maybe that's why he's here, too. I don't know. But I, I agree. I, I, I think I would have rather um, <laughs> had that. Um, John Brown. Uh, does the fact that the Bills brought almost the entire offensive line back tell you they're either going to change the scheme or go and get an RB1? <sighs> I don't think it says that they're going to go get a running back one. Um, Brandon Bede loves himself some draft picks and it takes a lot for him to give up on a draft pick. And so even if he is not the happiest with Devin Singletary right now or down on Devin Singletary, I don't know if they're just going to outright give up on a third round draft pick and make him inactive every single week. So I don't think they're going to go after a running back one, but I know a lot of people want them to at number 30. Um, does that mean they're going to change the scheme? I don't know. I've been kind of hoping they would bring in uh, a running game coordinator this offseason, but it doesn't look like they're going to make that change to the coaching staff right now. Uh, it felt like there were some running plays where there was a little bit of a miscommunication between the offensive line and the running backs, and they went to different spots. Um, so maybe it's a scheme thing. Maybe it's a, a blocking scheme thing more than, like, say, overall – offensive play calling scheme. Maybe it's just running the ball more. Um, but no, I don't expect them to get a running back one. And so I would, if, if I'm guessing it's going to be more schematically based than it is personnel based at this point in time. Um, 
any truth to the interest in Hunt. I haven't seen anything from anybody reputable that says that. Um, and so I would highly doubt that they would go after, um, you're talking about Kareem Hunt, I assume. So um, I haven't seen anything. I saw the one rumor from that guy that was calling out Tony Khan or whatever, um, but I haven't seen anything from anybody reputable. So if that's, if you're interested in that guy, sorry, I don't think he's coming. So, um, who's the biggest threat in the AFC East to us? And that's from uh, Muzak Matt over on Facebook. Thanks for joining us on Facebook, uh, Matt. Um, the biggest threat in the AFC to us. Well, until the Patriots can figure out who's going to play quarterback, um, I'm not really worried about them. So uh, maybe the, it's, it, if Deshaun Watson can completely blow up this answer, I'll just throw that out there right now. If he gets traded somewhere in the, um, if he gets traded somewhere in the, uh, in the AFC East, he can completely blow this all up. But um, do I think the AFC East biggest threat to us is right now? I, I guess it's the Patriots. Um, I mean, the, the Jets don't have a quarterback either. The Dolphins have quarterback that they don't like um they just signed Jacoby Brissett but I mean is he really gonna unseat Tua so I guess it's the Patriots but they don't scare me um and it's not just because the Bills were able to do good things this year um you know they didn't they spent a lot of money on free agents and bringing those guys in is going to take time and with the COVID protocols I mean we saw it a little bit around the league with some other teams last year and the Bills were able to overcome it with Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen getting on the same page relatively quickly, but um, maybe the defense, especially the Bills defense, we saw how some of those free agents struggled. Maybe a lot of that is because they didn't have an offseason to get together. So I guess it's the Patriots, mainly because, I mean, the Jets and Dolphins are in even worse positions. Now, the Dolphins have a bunch of draft picks that could still come in and contribute right away, but, you know, they still have that real big uncertainty at quarterback. So I'm going to go with the Patriots for now. Thanks, Matt. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Love the setup. Thanks, Chris. Yeah. Oh, so by the way, uh, we moved last month. And um, so I'm operating kind of without a net tonight. I set this up literally today. My Josh Jacks is there. Oh, he's there. And uh, my books are here. And my Let's Go Buff. I keep, I'm backwards. Sorry. Let's Go Buffalo banner uh, from Oxford Pennant is hanging over there. But uh, yeah, I'm, uh, this is the first time broadcasting from the new facility. So it'll be a little bit more pimped out as we go 
over the next few months. I had to get, you know, the kitchen and the bedroom set up and all that stuff. So thanks, Chris. Good to talk to you soon. Uh, see you soon. Um, what are your thoughts on adding uh, Rudolph? I assume you mean tight end Kyle Rudolph. Are we, are we there? We're not talking about Mason Rudolph today or Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Um, again, I, I don't expect the Bills to make a big splash at tight end, especially now after uh, they added Emmanuel Sanders. They didn't have a ton of workable cap space, about $5 million coming in to free agency. They freed up a little bit with uh, Tyler Matikiewicz's contract extension and a couple million with the trading of Lee Smith. But, I mean, adding a guy like that is going to take five, six, seven, eight million dollars of cap space. And especially if it's on a one-year deal. And so like same with same, same with Zach Ertz. They would have to do other moves to make that work. And so I, I don't expect it. That doesn't mean it won't happen. I still think that you're going to get like a Tyler Croft-esque tight end, a guy that has started in the league or can start in the league, um, has been productive, but not necessarily like that upper echelon. Um tight end. Yes, Bruce. I said that it was a quarterback that they don't like. They've tried, they benched him for Ryan Fitzpatrick in the middle of his rookie season. Um, anyway, what are the chances of McKenzie coming back? He can do punt return and gadget plays. <sighs> Kevin, that's Kevin Berman eight. Um, what are the chances of him coming back? I, I really have no idea what number he's looking for. I projected a veteran minimum deal for him. If he's not willing to take that, I doubt the bills are going to bring him back. Um, it's just the reality of their cap situation right now. It's why they, um, well, I won't say move down from Corey Bohorquez because they could still bring him back, but it's one of the reasons they didn't tag Corey Bohorquez. It's one of the reasons they didn't um, RFA tag him uh, at 2.1 million. It's one of the reasons they didn't RFA tag Levi Wallace is that they're apparently worrying about you know, little millions of dollars here. Um, and instead of getting Levi Wallace at 2.1 million, they want to get him at 1.1 million. Same thing with, um, Isaiah McKenzie or something like that. So I, I, I don't know. It's going to be depending on what his market is. Uh, he hasn't signed anywhere yet. Um, and he's you know free to negotiate. Unlike some of those RFAs who still have to wait. Uh, Jared. Hi, Jared. How are you doing? Uh, what do you think the bills will do at cornerback? Well, I am on team draft cornerback at uh, 30. Uh, it, maybe if the value isn't right at 30, they would um, punt that to the second Round, but I know that Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott have not traditionally done that. Uh, so I'm uh, I'm a big fan of adding talent at the cornerback two position and letting it ride for the next four years. Um, you know, have that guy come in and compete with Dane Jackson to start day one, and then at some point this year, I'm assuming that that rookie will take over. Um, so if you think that Dane Jackson is a starter, which I mean. A lot of the Bills media are certainly talking about that uh, coming up this year. And right now he's penciled in. Um, it, it, they'll probably sign one of those like $2 million veterans, like a Kevin Johnson or an EJ Gaines type. And then um, I'm on team draft a guy at 30, but I know other people aren't going to be too happy with that. So thanks, Jared. <laughs> Does start coming back, solve the interior defensive line run game issues. That's from, uh, is it West Squire 13? I think I said it right. So sorry if I didn't. Um, does start coming back, solve the interior defensive line run game issues? Uh, it can't hurt uh, and it'll certainly help. Um, you know, you won't have Ed Oliver or uh, some of those other guys that should not have been at that one tech defensive tackle position playing there. Uh, so if, if he can eat up not just snaps, but also eat up blockers, that's really going to help 
Ed Oliver back at the three tech position. It's going to help the rest of the defensive line as a whole. It's going to help keep uh, Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano clean in the linebacker spots. So I think it's going to help the running game on the whole. Um, I don't know if solve the run game issues is as strong a take as I want to make, but I mean, it's going to help. Uh, it might not solve it. So thanks for that question, uh, West Square. Your scouting report on Ertz and his role with the Bills, if acquired. Well, it would probably be pretty similar to the one you gave me earlier when I asked you, Bruce. Um, I I don't think he's going to – I don't think he's like some savior that's going to come in and be tra- what Travis Kelsey was um, for the Chiefs against the Buffalo Bills in the AFC Championship game. I think he's limited, um, which is one of the reasons I don't want to pay him $8 million uh, to come over to the Bills and whatever it's going to cost to trade for him. So um, his role, I think he would be the starter and be that mentor for Dawson Knox. You know, one of the things we talked about is the mental part with Dawson Knox and and how he's got the cases of the drops or he'll make a, a bad decision or something like that. And if you can get that mentor role, they want the mentor role in every room. So again, it wouldn't surprise me when the Bills add a veteran tight end because they want a veteran in every room. And right now it's Tommy Sweeney, and, and Dawson Knox in that room with Lee Smith gone. So, I mean, obviously they want a veteran in every room. So uh, even the running back room last year, they you know got t- two veterans into that room. So um, I think that would be his role is to bring along Dawson Knox, but also play like the tight end one snaps or maybe one in one a with Hertz and Knox. So thanks for your question, Bruce. Um, who is going to return punts right now? It's Micah Hyde. <laughs> uh, wrote an article earlier this offseason when we took a look at Andre Roberts and Isaiah McKenzie uh, with some of the guys that had punt return experience on the Bills roster. And it's it's not very much. Oh, why can't I remember his name? Um, the guy from Wyoming that they signed to the practice squad late of the year. Is it Tanner Gentry? Is that his name? Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever his name is. That guy, he, he's like the last guy on the Bills that's actually returned a punt, and it was like five years ago at Wyoming. So it's just, it's been a while. Um, other than Micah Hyde returning just a couple punts when um, Andre Roberts was down with an injury, and he's more of a punt catcher. So um, I would assume that they're going to do something about that in um, in the NFL draft. I would assume that's where they're going to look for a returner if they don't re-sign McKenzie. So thanks, Harold. Uh, Music Matt is back. Can the Bills sustain this momentum for the next X amount of years? I mean, if we're going X as Roman numeral 10, um, I don't know if the Bills can uh, sustain this um, momentum for the for the next 10 years. Um, they're going to go as far as Josh Allen takes them. We've seen quarterbacks over and over again be able to take you know, mediocre teams places, especially when they have good coaching behind them. Uh, shout out to Bruce and his uh, Pete Carroll takes. But, um, you know, can the Bills sustain that momentum? Yeah, it's going to be tougher when Josh Allen's making $40 million a year. Sorry, $42 million a year coming up. Uh, but signing the smart players to put around him, uh, not signing mediocre players, um, just re-signing guys that you really want to be building block pieces of your team. I think they can sustain this momentum into uh, 2021 and beyond. So thank you. Someone was saying I got wifed. What is, what am, what, what? Uh, did I miss here? Priorities. Oh, priorities. I get what you're saying about my house organization, about how I organize different parts of my house first. Yes. My office is the lowest priority, especially because I have to buy furniture. I didn't have an office 
in my old house. So I have to figure out what furniture I want. So I got, it's a multi-step process. So just got to live with it for a little bit. Um, Trey White returning punts at LSU. Yes, Jack, he did that. I do not want Trey White returning punts. I think I'll say that. Thanks, Jack. <laughs> I think I'll say I don't want Trey White returning punts right now. So, oh, Tanner Gentry. Thank you, Jack. What did I say? Did I say something that was weird? Maybe. <laughs> oh, I'm going to go over to, um, I'm going to go over to Twitter. We had a question. Hold on. Over at Rumley's Q&A. That's our Twitter handle for our normal shows. We do our podcast normally. Uh, they release on Tuesdays. We're obviously recording Tuesday night here live on the Buffalo Rumblings YouTube channel. Where were you? Oh, it was uh, Jack Nealon who says, is there a position or position group that you would be against adding to in free agency or the draft? Against adding to. Not really. I mean, they need depth at pretty much every position. Even if you look at the two starting safeties, they still need another safety because Dean Marlowe is a free agent and they don't have a guy that could step in and play snaps. I mean, even if you love Jaquan Johnson, they don't have that like, you know, heady veteran that could step in. Um, I guess with Emmanuel Sanders signed, um, they don't necessarily need a wide receiver, but at the same time, they need a punt and kick returner and a guy that maybe can do the jet sweep stuff like Isaiah McKenzie. Um, They need a backup quarterback. They need a third running back. Like they just need guys all over the roster. So I don't think there's a position group that I could say that they're 100% set at. Um, Even linebacker with Milano and Edmonds and AJ Klein, and you want to throw in some of the depth that they have there, they could always improve at that. And I'm sure they're going to draft a guy there because they just love picking up new linebackers to throw at special teams. Um, Linebacker might be the best answer. just because they have a good mixture of, of, of depth and, um, and veterans. And they got three higher priced guys there already. So I guess linebacker is where I'm going. So, yeah. So thanks for that question over at Rumlings Q and a on Twitter, Jack, um, one of our frequent flyers over there on the podcast. I heard that Justin Houston is a great locker room guy and would be a great addition to this team. I'm all for, adding Justin Houston. But again, I don't know how that's going to play out monetarily. I've been the guy, my offseason plan centered around adding pass rush. And then they went and re-signed all their offensive linemen. And I'm like, I don't know what to do anymore because I don't have any money left to add a pass rusher. So depending on what his number is going to be, that's kind of where I'm like hard pressed to say yes right now, because I just don't know where the money's going to come from for that. Um, unless they release a guy, release a guy or restructure a big contract, which I just don't anticipate happening. Thanks, Jonathan, over on uh, YouTube. Thoughts for backup quarterback? I wanted them to re- I wanted them to resign Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, but that was contingent on him being willing to take a backup deal at like five million dollars a year. He signed for at least ten. I can't remember what the number was uh, with the Washington Football Team. He's going to be in a competition to be their starting quarterback. So. Um, I'm okay with Matt Barkley. I don't think I'm okay with Jake Fromm at this point in time. Again, not having a veteran in the room 
it just goes against what the Bills have done in every other room that they have. Um, Davis Webb doesn't count. Come on, get out of here. Um, but I, I would love to see them add one of those veteran backups at some point. Now, if you add a guy, even Matt Barkley, for one and a half million or two million dollars, it's only going to add a million or five hundred thousand dollars to the cap because you add Barkley for two million, you take off the lowest guy that's counting a million, and boom, you've got just one million dollars in new cap space. So, I want a veteran that's not Jake from. Sorry, Jake. Um, at what point is Josh Allen the veteran in the room? Um, how about when he signs for $42 million a year? <laughs> we'll go with that. I have not looked at any of the NFL draft stuff yet, Harold. So when you ask what corners do I want the Bills to draft, there are a lot more people out there. I don't watch college football. I start gearing up for the draft as soon as free agency is done. Of course, without the combine, I haven't even watched any of that stuff either. So sorry, Harold, not the right guy for the draft talk yet. Oh, so, okay. I think we can keep, keep throwing your questions into the comment section there. Uh, once again, I, now that we're 27 minutes in or so, I wanted to redirect your attention over to our Buffalo Rumblings free agency tracker over at buffalorumblings.com. It's pinned right to the top there. Uh, we'll have all 22 analysis of all of the new signings, or if we trade for a guy, all of those trades. We'll have contract projections, or sorry, contract breakdowns for all the guys that we sign, especially the guys if they get traded to the Bills, because sometimes that can be confusing for folks with dead cap hits and everything like that. Um, we'll have trade compensation, and we'll update the Bills uh, 2021 NFL draft picks if and when those get traded. Um what else? Oh, we'll have injury breakdowns for each of the players, which should be interesting for guys like Zach Ertz and Emmanuel Sanders. And we'll have, did I say the L22 analysis? I think I did. So, um, and then eventually, hopefully, we'll talk to the opposing bloggers about each of those team uh, players as well. Oh, Anthony Marino, some breaking news. Zach Ertz to the Bills for per Tom Pelissaro. Let's double check that. Let's double check the uh, little check mark here, Anthony. No offense. We got breaking news. Do we got? Dead air. Always very good. I got it. I got it. This is great radio, guys. Yeah, I don't see that. Are you looking at a checkmarked account, Anthony? Ruh -roh. Um, Is the rumors for Gronk real? Yeah, I think the rumors for Gronk were definitely real, that they were interested in those. I think they, even going back to last year, they were interested in, um, in adding a veteran tight end, Greg Olson. Again, they want that veteran in the room. Um, same thing with Rudolph, if you want to throw Rudolph in there. Um, so I, I think their interest is real. They want to add a steady tight end, but um, I don't know how much they're willing to pay for them. And I don't know if that's why Gronk went back to the Bucs. Um, nobody's really talking about that piece. I mean, obviously his boys there, Tom Brady, you know, they, they won the Super Bowl. So um, 
I think it's real. I think they want to add a tight end for sure. Uh, it's just a matter of what number they're willing to do that at. Um, why don't you throw uh, Chad's question up on the screen? Uh, should the Bills trade for Kareem Hunt? We went over that earlier uh, today. I don't think that they're. I, I don't think they should be investing any substantial amount of anything into another running back. That's, that's my that's my take. The uh, Kevin asked us: Does switching to Hawk make you nervous versus keeping uh, Boho? I'm. Corey Bohork has had a really good year in 2020. He was very hit or miss before that. Uh, so I, it doesn't make me nervous uh, that they're getting rid of him. Uh, you know, they had a nice little chemistry in that room, but I don't think that, you know, Hawk coming in is, is going to necessarily change that. And also we haven't seen any contract numbers for Hawk at all. He could be making the, the league minimum and have like a hundred thousand dollars signing bonus or something. And they could still be in talks with, um, with Corey Bohorquez about coming back. And this could just be a little bit of a, a lever to get him to sign at a lower dollar figure. Yes. Thank you, Anthony. I'm glad I checked. Um, it was a fake account that was talking about Zach Ertz to the bills. So that's why we check these things on the, on the Twitter machine folks. Yep. Um, well, that fooled by, it was a long time ago. I don't remember. That's how I found Buffalo rumblings though, way back in the day. So I'm going to get tangential for a second, but um, I found Buffalo rumblings. I was looking for information on Bryant Johnson signing with the bills. If any of y'all remember that back in, you know, the 2000 aughts. So it's, it's been a long time since NFL free agency rumors brought me to Buffalo rumblings way back in the day. I'm glad it did, but uh, that was the first time uh, I went looking for alternative Buffalo bills media that wasn't the Buffalo Bills website and the Buffalo Bills message boards. It was a time before Twitter, I think. <laughs> it was a time before that. So anyway, uh, Jonathan Bald on YouTube. Is there, it seems there's always a connection with Seattle. Do, what do you think of Jacob Hollister? I presume uh, he wouldn't cost too much. And I've always been impressed with his patch catch, catching ability. I don't know a ton about him. I'm going to look him up for one second. I want to see what his stat line was. Um, I know what position he plays. That's about it. So give me a second. But, you know, he's right. Yeah. Okay. So five games started for the Seahawks last year, uh, 40 targets, targets, 25 catches, 209 yards, three touchdowns. That's the kind of veteran tight end that I'm expecting them to sign right now, which is like super underwhelming for Bills fans who really want Zach Ertz on their football team. I get that. Um, I'm sorry, but I, I still think they want to develop Dawson Knox. Um, I still think that's what their goal is. Um, if they sign two guys like Jacob Hollister, two of those like, you know, kind of mediocre, steady uh, tight ends and just kind of throw them at the wall to see which one of them is going to stick. That wouldn't surprise me either, especially now, you know, that they just signed Emmanuel Sanders. You know that they ran the most, what was it? The most four wide receiver sets of any team in the NFL last year. So tight end isn't necessarily a huge concern for them. Uh, they ran a ton of three wide receiver sets too. Um, so I, like I said, I don't, I, I don't know a ton about him other than what I just told you. So it's the kind of tight end that I expect them to sign this year. A guy that started games in the league, but is pretty darn cheap. So thanks for that question, John. So, all right. 
Anything else coming in from the Buffalo Rumblings fans in the comment section here? Or we can just wrap this up. That's fine, too. We've got a half hour. We usually do 20 minutes of Buffalo Rumblings Q&A, but I knew I'd probably go longer tonight. I'm glad we didn't have breaking news to try and uh, handle right off the top. Okay, so we'll wrap it up with with that question. Uh, thanks, guys, for tuning in, as always. Oh, any rumors for running backs from Wellington? Louise, I haven't heard anything from any running backs other than that weird one about Hunt uh, from that account that was just kind of a little bit wonky. Any scenario that Sweeney makes the team? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how he's doing. Uh, that's from Jack Sunday over on uh, YouTube. I don't know how he's doing from his myocarditis. He had... Uh, inflammation of, is it inflammation around the heart or inflammation of the heart? I'm sorry. I'm not a doctor, obviously. Um, but um, so we have no idea how he is physically and if he's going to be able to come back. I mean, everybody was super optimistic that he'd be able to come back and um, other athletes have experienced myocarditis and come back before. Uh, but we haven't, um, I mean, he already beat the odds once just to get sick like that. So, and that's in a bad way, beating the odds. And so I don't want him to have to, you know, get, you know, worse or something like that. So I, we haven't heard anything about that. So looking forward to that. I don't think they're going to count Gilliam as a tight end fullback. Um, he's going to have that very defined role uh, that he had last year, um, play some special teams and do that stuff. Um, love the Josh Allen figurine. Which one? Where's the, which one's the Josh Allen figurine? I don't have a Josh Allen figurine. Do I? Where? What? This is Deion Dawkins. This is Stefan Diggs. This is a box of Josh X. It's cereal. It was delicious. My kids loved it. So, yeah. And this is my cool Wilson flat brim snapback hat. It's got the football leather on the rim. I like that hat a lot. So, all right. For anybody that wants to contribute to our show in the future, you can call into our voicemail line at 716-508-0405. Leave a voicemail whenever you feel like it. You can tweet us at rumblingsq&a. Uh, you can send us messages on Facebook or Instagram, and those get to me. Our, our email address is buffalorumblings at sbnation.com, and you can leave comments at the comments section over at buffalorumblings.com as well. Thanks, everyone, for stopping by and, and watching uh, live tonight here on uh, YouTube. We've got another live show tomorrow night. It's the Hump Day Hotline. The triumphant return of the Hump Day Hotline uh, is coming back to Buffalo Rumblings on Wednesday. So stay tuned for that uh, on Wednesday night. And go Bills! Support for this show comes from HubSpot. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You just need HubSpot. Because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this. High-quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.